she isn't a politician or a millionaire, and it's important to keep this in mind when we talk about the things she's achieved. Sydney-based Ashley Avchi worked three jobs while studying law at university, rescuing animals and battling mental health conditions, and yet became the first human in Australia to create a federal bill to ban the import and export of shark fins. She only just graduated with a double degree in environmental management and law. After lots of long, hard, gruelling work, the bill is about to become a reality. Nobody paid for her to create it. No one other than her initiated the idea. Ashley has been an animal advocate from day one, being heavily involved in the Sea Shepherd Cove Guardian campaign, drafting bills to outlaw dolphin captivity in Australia, campaigning to outlaw circuses with exotic animals from her region, which was successful, and being recognised personally by Jane Goodall for her work, and receiving honours from her university, and working at the Animal Defender's Office to represent animals in court. She's now turned her attention to sharks. Founding SCA, aka Shark Conservation Australia, a non-profit organisation, Ashley represents a desperate need for legislative change for sharks in Australia, one that is not glamorous or easy to portray on social media. Her campaign, you've probably never even heard of before today, but could possibly be one of the most important pieces of legislation for sharks in Australia. And on top of all this, she's also my best friend. In this podcast, we are going to cover things most people don't even realise about Australia's contribution to the shark fin trade. We often look overseas for examples of injustice and shark slaughter, when really the same thing is happening right under our noses, often on a larger scale, but the only difference behind closed doors. Here to explain it is Ashley. Good, thanks. I know that you are super nervous about doing this podcast, so I'm going to start you out with the easiest question of all that I'm going to try and ask everybody I talk to. What is your favorite species of shark? Oh my gosh, white shark. They're white my favorite. Shark. Yep, and that is because they're often the most demonized, but if you look at them from a certain angle, they look really cute, especially a lot of people don't know this, but they swim with their mouths open. So they kind of look quite docile and derpy as they're swimming around. And yeah, I, I encourage everyone to ha- keep an eye out and look out for that next time they see a white <laughs> shark in the media, please. <laughs> Only you could notice such a thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Ashley... You're not only my best friend, which is honestly a career path in itself because I'm a lot to deal with, but you've been doing some amazing work that I'm so happy I get the opportunity to teach people about or inform people about. I am interested in your story of how you got onto sharks because initially you never like grew up knowing that you were going to help sharks. It actually was something you discovered along the way, right? So tell me a bit about that. Yeah. So, um, gosh. Like many people, I grew up afraid of sharks um, for no apparent reason. And I actually had a significant shark encounter with a large bull shark that swam very close to me in shallow waters. And I was honestly so terrified. Um, I now know that it was simply, 
you know, checking me out and that's it and swam, swam off. Um, but at the time, I, you know, I was genuinely fearful for my life. So, yeah, I've, I've, I very much had no affinity or connection with sharks at all. Um, it was actually after working with dolphins, um, specifically overseas in Japan, that I saw firsthand how many sharks were being captured as bycatch for um, tuna fisheries over there. And I was really, really shocked. I had no idea that this was going on. Um, and then throughout my time there, I saw more and more sharks, baby hammerheads, um, you know, huge uh, sexually mature species being caught. And that got me thinking. Um, one thing led to another and I was no longer allowed in Japan despite not doing anything illegal at all. Uh, I, I'm sure a lot of people understand sensitivities around documenting the hunting of dolphins and whales in Japan. So upon returning to Australia, I wanted to do some more research about sharks. And honestly, my mind was absolutely blown when I found out the rate and scale at which sharks were being killed. And although I still care so much about the plight of dolphins and whales, of course, um, I decided to go full steam ahead with sharks because I felt that they needed even more help. Um, you know, I think we all here in Australia are well aware of how the media portray sharks and how a lot of us have grown up fearing them and misunderstanding them. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of people always think about the cove and they're like, oh, the dolphin slaughter, but they don't realise there's a whole other shark side to it where sharks are being slaughtered there as well and there's a lot of that going on, so it's interesting. Um, I remember a few years ago a video went viral of a shark being hung upside down and it was clearly like tremoring and shaking while a man cut into it and gutted alive. Sharks, and then like we see this horrific footage of the shark sh shuddering and someone cutting it open while it's still clearly alive and there's nothing that can be done about something like that because sharks don't fall under animal cruelty laws, do they? <sighs> This is a horrible but very, very important topic that, yes, um, near to no one, I feel, knows about. And, yeah, they're either not mentioned at all or if they are mentioned in animal protection or cruelty legislation, it's, it's in very, very limited circumstances where they may receive some protection. And even in those cases, um, a lot of the time they're exempt from most situations that lead to or do cause them harm. Um, for example, existing fishing practices are exempt from cruelty provisions. So this means that a lot of cruel behaviour that is inflicted on sharks can be justified as recreational fishing activity. And, I mean, this is really disturbing as fishing affects more individual animals than any other human-based animal industry. Um, one thing I should mention is in South Australia and Western Australia specifically, fish, um, which sharks, their species come under um, the family of fish, they're not considered animals under animal welfare legislation, um, wow. which is quite insane really because they're, 
they're clearly animals um, from a, even a common sense perspective. Um, and for example, another you know, limited circumstances in the Northern Territory, fish are only covered by animal welfare legislation when they're in captivity or dependent on a person for food. So, so essentially mm. we have like this big grey area where sharks don't get any protection and we're not just talking about fishing like people going down and maybe accidentally hooking a shark and let it go, but we're talking about incidences where we've seen them in Australia. Someone used a shark as a beer bong. Someone used a shark as an actual bong and smoked weed out of it. Someone cut a jaw out of a shark while it was still alive. Like these horrific things happening to animals with so many sensory abilities. So we know that they're like registering that on levels that we can't even comprehend. And yet there's nothing we can do about it legally. No, and I mean, you mentioned the shark bong um situation that's literally what you know it was known as when it went viral and i will note that um you know department of primary industries decide well they they made no comment as to whether or not they were investigating or you know considering pressing any charges so that's just one example and another example i really want to share with people um that really demonstrates how systemic the failure in legislation is pertaining to sharks and fish. In 2018, there was a video that went viral that was filmed and shared by some men in Western Australia, and they tied a live shark to a car and dragged the shark along a, you know, um, asphalt road for kilometres at really high speeds, and they were laughing until the shark died. Um, I released a petition immediately upon finding this out, calling for sharks to be considered under the WA animal welfare legislation, um, you know, as animals, so they were protected. And the petition, I was so shocked, you know, I thought, oh, maybe 10,000, you know, if we're lucky. The petition garnered over 192,000 signatures. And would you believe, despite that, <laughs> nothing Nothing was done and I received no reply from fisheries ministers or anything. Nothing was done to those two men who did that. Um, yeah, and I guess for, for people that it might be familiar or heard the news about the men in Florida that dragged a live shark. Yeah, that, I was going to yeah. bring that up because they yeah. got so much hate and then they got some legal prosecution as well. And if you if we can do that in Florida which is, like, essentially the most wild west. Like, Florida's crazy. Like, I've lived there. I love Florida. But it's basically a third world country inside of America. Like, there's no laws about anything there. And if they can even get sharks, like, with, with some legal representation there, but we can't even do it in Australia, that is crazy. And I'm sure a lot of people don't even know that, that I could go right now, catch a shark, and tow it behind my car, and it wouldn't even be illegal. Which is horrifying because you know you think of the things that can be done like you know just imagine I could go to the I, I, I could you know especially in Western Australia or South Australia I could go to the beach bring a live shark take it all the way home light it on fire while it's alive stamp on it spit on it you know chop it up while it's alive and yeah that that's fine according to their legislation um it, it makes almost, me really it yeah. almost leaves like a lot of room for people to be bad people as well like if we're living in a society where this is accepted and okay 
we're essentially breeding the wrong type of human that's capable of doing such things and showing them that there's no repercussions for doing such things. Exactly. Yet in the media, all we see is when sharks are bad to us. Thank you. That's a, that's a really brilliant um, polarizing issue to bring up. I'm glad you brought that up. That's absolutely right. And you know, there's so many studies that have shown that people that, um, you know, inflict harm on animals, you know, are more likely to inflict harm upon humans. So that is a huge concern of mine also. Um, you know, if they're capable of doing that and feeling no remorse and actually actually getting pleasure out of doing that to a living being. And like you said, you know, the video shows them shuddering, them shaking. It's a real shame, and this is the thing that really works against fish, unfortunately, is that you can't hear their screams. Um, and just because you can't hear someone's screams doesn't mean they're not suffering. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, on top of that, we have that whole aspect of things in Australia, but I want to focus now on what's happening legally, what our government's aware of, and what is an actual commercial industry in Australia. So a lot of people in Australia, in my experience, don't understand the extent of which the shark fin trade is not only contributed to by Australia, but occurs here in Australia. So I used to look into this company in Cairns that I knew was importing shark fins from West Africa, processing them, and then exporting them again. And it's not illegal to export or import shark fins under Australian law. In fact, a Freedom of Information request revealed that in 2011 to 2012 financial year, Australia exported 178 tonnes of shark fin and imported 41 tonnes of shark fin. And that ranks Australia as 16th in the world's imports of shark fin. That's absolutely correct. Yep. That is just crazy. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you know what? I've done a lot of work just, um, you know, speaking to people in the public, saying, uh, asking, did you know that shark um, oh, you know, what's your understanding of the practice of shark finning in Australia? And they all say, oh, it's not a concern here, it's banned. Um, and that is something, that is a narrative that's continually expressed within the media, that shark finning is banned. Um, so in regards to that, legally, the situation is that at a Commonwealth level, like in Commonwealth fisheries, the practice of shark finning is banned. Um, I, I'm sure for people that are listening to your podcast, they already know what uh, shark finning is. But I guess just to quickly express the practice where you remove the fins of the shark while the shark is still alive and then you dump the body back to the bottom of the ocean while the shark is still alive and it can take anywhere between three hours to three days to die by asphyxiation, um, excruciating, in excruciating pain and being eaten alive by other animals. So that is shark finning in a nutshell. Um, so the practice is banned at a federal level. And then most states and territories in Australia have what is called a fins attached requirement. So that's New South Wales, Northern Territory, Victoria and Tasmania. Then... Um, that means again, that if the shark's landed, it has to have the uh, fins on it still? Thank you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So you've got to land the entire body and the entire body of the shark needs to be brought back to shore before any fins can be removed. Um, 
However, in Western Australia, South Australia and Queensland, they have slightly different requirements that do create loopholes in shark finning laws. So personally, I don't believe, no, that shark finning is banned Australia-wide. Um, an example of that I can give is that Queensland restricts, you know, in inverted commas, the removal of fins from sharks at sea. So you can't remove the fins from sharks at sea, but you can still process the shark at sea. So what you, what people can do is it allows people to choose which fins they keep. So they might keep a higher value fin from, say, larger sharks, dump their bodies to lessen the weight on the vessel and keep meat from the other sharks on board. So because you're able to process the shark, you can have meat from another shark. And then when inspected, if they are inspected, you can say, oh, yeah, they're the fins from that shark. Right. So shark finning is still able to occur yeah you just have to be sneaky about it and then we won't even get into the amount of legal illegal sorry illegal shark finning that occurs in australian waters but this is one example of it um i used to look into tuna fisheries and the amount of bycatch that occurred with blue sharks and the amount of shark fins that came out of that were insane but uh i was reading that as you said all states in the commonwealth have outlawed the practice of finning but Australia exported 206 tonnes of shark fin between January 2007 and February 2008, and that is far more than fishers reported to regulators that they'd caught during the same period. So even our export numbers are larger than what was fished. Yeah, and see so how does that add up? Yes. And I, I, must, I must say I've spoken to fishermen on the ground, as, as you have, and you and I both know from, you know, from commercial fishermen's mouths that they have said that, yes, that doesn't occur because it's so easy not to report your catch. Yes. That's the problem. Yes. And I will also read that in 2015, police found a Queensland man with 3,206 fins destined for the black market. And then in 2012, an endangered grey nurse shark washed ashore South Brisbane with its fins slashed off. So all this crazy stuff is occurring that, you know, you have to dig to find out. Whereas so many conservationists and media reports will go, China's doing this, Indonesia's doing this. You know, we've got sharks being caught and killed here. And look at this horrid developing nation where this basically like poverty-stricken Indonesian family is finning a shark well hello people are doing it here in Australia and no one's paying attention to it and you know what you know what the difference is is that people here know better and people here do not need to sell that shark fin to feed their family yep I have a a really cool quote here from the chief scientist at the Monterey Bay Aquarium in California and it is that the wildlife trade is often seen as a murky network of supply chains that moves between the gaps of existing enforcement. And I think Australia is definitely guilty of that. That's a brilliant quote. And I agree. Uh, we are definitely, definitely guilty of that. Um, and you know what? Speaking of the misunderstanding of the extent in which the shark fin trade occurs in Australia, I mean, it's important to recognise that shark fin soup is served in every single state in Australia. Um, and something that I was really shocked about was, this is what I don't, don't quite, I've never been able to get my head around, is that, you know, we have 
We currently have six legally sanctioned shark fisheries in Australia. So, you know, they're fishing a lot of shark. So, and, and selling shark fin within Australia. But we're importing a significantly higher number of shark fin than we export. And to my knowledge, you know, not that much shark fin is consumed in Australia. Like it's been shown to be declining quite substantially with new generations and the understanding of, you know, the the negative impacts that it can have on people's health. But I did do a few number crunching prior to this interview. and. You mentioned some shark fin statistics. I wanted to show you this massive one. Um, Between 2005 to 2016, Australia imported 5,633,000 kilograms of shark fin. So that's 5,633 tons of shark fin. And I mean... You're kidding. No. That is an exorbitant number. Like, wow. And then, I mean, when I was in Hong Kong, I would see shark fins that were clearly labelled as a product of Australia, like clearly and proudly labelled as a product of Australia. Really? Yeah. This is why I believe this bill is so important. Um, so give me, give me a brief summary of your bill. Okay. So we know that a quarter of all shark and ray species today are threatened with extinction. And for those that aren't familiar with the exponential rates at which sharks are being driven to extinction, it's between 100 to 273 million sharks every single year. And approximately 73 million of those sharks are killed for their fins alone. So this bill will ban the import and export of shark fin products and derivatives to and from Australia. And considering the shark fin trade remains the primary driver of overfishing of shark species, this ban would be a critical and essential step to take to conserve their species. Yeah. So potentially what this bill could mean is a revisit on the incentive for people to actually fish sharks. I've seen shark meat for sale for $1.50 a kilogram in like the backdoor auction room of the Sydney fish markets. Whereas the fins, the fins I've seen for sale for up to a thousand Australian dollars per caddy, which is less than a kilogram. So clearly there's more financial incentive in selling shark fins than meat. So if we take away the ability to export fins, is that going to have an impact on the fisheries that are currently targeting sharks? Uh, yes, I I totally believe it will because because there won't be as much of a demand to, to provide the supply. So all of those sharks, especially especially you mentioned, for example, a good example is you mentioned the tuna fisheries. So a lot of the sharks that are caught as bycatch aren't reported like they should be, and those sharks are taken and sold to the shark finning industry. You know, so there'll be less opportunity for fishermen to sell their fins. So hopefully that will mean less killing of sharks because the market won't be as demanding. Yeah, and that would be amazing. And then this is another issue that comes with that that's always played on my mind. So I'm going to be the first to admit that, well, just in general, I think that everything, I mean, there's like 8 million things that we disagree on. Um, Actually, the first time that you and I met was me making fun of you for running a protest for dolphins. Um, but yes, 
<laughs> another time, another time. But um, I, I've always had an issue with shark fin bans because if we ban the export of shark fins from Australia from fisheries that aren't great but are probably better than what's happening in, for example, Indonesia or somewhere that's totally unregulated at times, then we open up the market for the trade of shark fins from places that aren't as good to sharks as we are in Australia, from other kind of more sketchy places. So is there a risk of that with this kind of bill? Look, Maddie, there, there totally is. There totally is. And I think, I think the main thing to remember in all of this sort of shark advocacy and methods and paths we go down is that there is absolutely no easy fix in how to save sharks and reduce the number of deaths. However, I'm thinking long-term scale and, you know, as you know, it's, it's been eight years of work to get this bill together and in Parliament. So when it comes to the law, you know, it does not change easily or overnight. So I think the most important thing is, is to pioneer and lead the way. And the more countries that put in trade bans together will send more of messages as to the importance of sharks. Even if it's the case of, of that, I think it's about time that Australia especially kind of made a stand and stopped contributing to this. I think lots of countries need to. I think we actually need to just be like, no, we're not going to support the trade of shark fins. I, 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 think, I think that is the greatest point and I should have said that. And I have a lot, of, a lot of my work is looking at, you know, moral responsibilities and the law. You know, the law is in place because it's meant to facilitate justice. But in the case when it comes to sharks, it's actually legalising injustices. So whether or not uh, a ban on import and ex- export of shark fins in Australia divert shark fin, you know, practices to other areas with less measures in place. It's about, you know, we know better, so we should do better. Amazingly put. And that's a brilliant way to look at it. And I've seen you just do the most insane, grueling work when it comes to this bill and writing anything, really. I mean, you write so many legal documents, you write so many things for sharks, you write all my responses when I'm texting boys, you do all of that. <laughs> you have been working on this bill for how long now? Eight years. Eight <clears throat> years. And I guess it's all like a lot of legal mumbo jumbo that I wouldn't even understand. I think you would understand it because you do so much reading of papers and stuff for sharks. So I think you're, you're pretty ex- expert in that area. But yes, it is quite a bit of legal mumbo jumbo how many pages where is it not too long there's an art in making it concise so it it would be an amendment to uh customs legislation so not very long at all yeah so when you're researching the bill and all the stuff that you found out about australia and i remember we even tried to foi the Australian government a couple of times for data on shark fin imports and exports and they were just like oh we don't keep the data um what's been the most shocking thing for you to find out while doing this work honestly I kind of wish that I found out some sort of shocking statistic because that would be better than the former 
But the most shocking thing I've discovered, which I honestly didn't expect, is that so much information is kept in the dark. It's either allegedly unavailable or it's not recorded, which is absolutely terrible because, you know, one of the pillars of, (laughs) I mean, a democratic system is transparency, I guess. Um, And so many questions I asked were left completely unanswered, which is really shocking. Uh, I'll give you one example. For example, um, you know that um, you did those tests to see if sharks um, were present in pet food. Um, So I tried to find out an FOI information about sharks um, put in fish meal to feed animals in agriculture. And unfortunately, uh, you know, the pet food industry is not required to provide any of that information. Right. So for people listening that don't know FOI, it stands for Freedom of Information and it's where you can basically sequester the government to give you information on things like their trades, uh, pictures taken by their employees, running government programs, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Um, But it doesn't always work if they don't keep that information. No. And for example, um, I tried to find out, um, you know, which species of shark were more commonly traded than others. And unfortunately, that wasn't available, which is really shocking because, as you know, there's so many protected species um, and they didn't have data for that. They said that, you know, what is privately caught is sold through there and there's no way of tracking. And it's, I mean, considering we have these laws in place to mandate catch catch limits for protected species it's a bit concerning that enforcement is you know essentially nearly non-existent absolutely um i just i i keep coming back to this is australia we're known for the great barrier reef we're known for being wild amazing you know got all this bushland and then look how we treat our sharks and look how hidden it is and it's absolutely horrific and i as you know, I've snuck into the Sydney fish markets as a chef many times just to pretend, pretending that I know how to cook and pretending to be there to wholesale buy things. So you get to go in the back auction room and I've seen tiger sharks and makos and huge sharks and I've seen boxes of baby hammerheads and I remember being there once and this one company was like, oh, we had a container, a shipping container, like a whole shipping container of angel sharks but we unloaded it on a dock in Victoria and we forgot to put it back on the boat and we didn't bring it up. Like the kind of blasé attitude towards sharks and the mass scale of which they're getting killed as a product of other commercial industries is just not recognized. So I think having a bill like this in place, if it were to be successful, would really shake a lot of commercial companies that right now are just not recognizing sharks. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. And I just I just remembered something else that I was quite shocked about, actually, when when I did all this research. And you're well-versed in this area, and that comes to uh, shark meat and, you know, shark body parts and human health um, and chemicals within them. And so I found out that um, – so I was looking at when food is imported into Australia, trying to find out if – shark fins were tested for mercury or any other chemicals that can be harmful to human health and so basically 
The Imported Food Inspection Scheme classifies food as risk food or surveillance food, and shark meat um, comes under the ready-to-eat processed fin fish category and is classified as a risk food. However, this is where it comes as so much howevers. However, shark fin is excluded from inspection and analysis as a risk food. Right. Interesting. <laughs> just another joyful law um i feel like i feel like shark fin trade and meat trade is actually you know we we know that they get away with things you'd never get away with as a butcher you could never sell someone chicken and call it beef but in the seafood industry as i've known from my testing this happens a lot in australia things are hidden things are smuggled things are pushed through without us knowing and it's amazing to see that you've had the same experience so what I want to ask you now is something that you and I can both relate to and we talk to quite often and I know that you experience a lot. But how do you not get burnt out, discouraged? How do you keep going and what do you do to keep yourself alive? Oh, my gosh. Ah, uh, um, Look, burnout is a very real thing and something that I'm very aware of having been there. So... You know, whenever I meet people that might be joining, you know, conservation flights, that's something that I always advise them to be wary of from the outset. I mean, essentially, this is a long-term goal. It's it's not a race. Um, We have to pace ourselves. We have to take care of ourselves. And what I do to prevent burnout is surround myself I try to surround myself. Um, It's hard when so many people, like-minded people, don't live close geographically, but I surround myself with people that are like-minded with similar interests and passions. I think that that really helps you feel like you're not so alone because it can get quite lonely and especially quite boring. And depressing, to be honest, you know, when you're constantly researching statistics that are really sad. Um, Yeah. So so that's important. Um, Try and get plenty of sleep and try and remember that the importance of what you're doing and that although, you know, I might feel like I'm suffering at times and tired. It's nothing compared to what the sharks go through day in, day out. So they they need all the help they can get in life. And in order for me to stick by them, I need to take care of myself. So excellent look, advice. It's not easy. I wish that you'd take it. You're so full of it. You are like the worst sleeper that I have ever met. You never take time for yourself. I'll literally message you at 1 a.m. and you'll be like, yeah, I'm up. I'm still doing this. I'm still writing this. Like you are you are the <laughs> worst at that, all the stuff you just mentioned. So I agree. I agree with you. But, yeah, you need to sleep more and you need to take care of yourself. And to your knowledge, is anybody else in Australia working on this kind of thing for sharks, like focusing on legislation for sharks in specific? Oh, at the at the moment, no, I don't know of anyone doing doing something like this. As as you know, as you know, the you know the shark control programs, which are absolutely horrible, they've received a lot of media attention, which is so important. So there are quite a lot of people working 
on campaigning on that. Um, I don't know anyone at the moment camp not campaigning, but yeah, sort of campaigning and working towards legislative change. So yeah, it's a little a little lonely at the moment, but really important that you know all aspects of shark law reform have someone working on them at all times. And as you know, there are so many, and the list is endless. So yeah, we do what we can. Ashley, not too long ago. You and I went scuba diving and you saw your first shark. <laughs> Can yes. we talk about that for a minute? Because as I remember, you pretty much had a panic attack underwater with excitement. Um, <laughs> everyone assumes that because I have worked on sharks for so long, they just have this assumption that I must go diving with them all the time, which is not true. The work... <laughs> is you know the majority of my life is spent behind a computer screen um so yeah after oh my gosh how many years I've wanted to dive with those nurse sharks for 12 years (laughs) um and we made it and it was one of the best days of my life Uh, I will I will say it's the most peaceful and happy in a moment I've ever felt in my entire life yeah. Okay. If you could tell anybody listening anything, uh, whether it's advice on what they're doing, how to help sharks, something they need to know about you, maybe how they can support you, what would you say? I would say that no matter who you are, what you do, whether you are a fisherman, I would say that sharks are so, so important to the ecosystem. So whether or not you recognise their sentience and them as individuals, uh, they're just so important to the ecosystem, which is important to you. So I want everyone to at least recognise how important they are and hopefully have some perceptions that are changed with that. And I mean, the most positive thing I can say is that I get a lot of questions, as as you do, as you know, how can I help? How can I help sharks? And a lot of people straight away assume they have to study marine biology, which is simply not true. Um, you know, before I went to university, I was on a journey seeing how I could best help animals. And I worked in a bar for many years and, you know, in a rural area where a lot of people <laughs> aren't very considerate of animals and I had petitions on the bar I donated all my tips to animal charities and you know I collected thousands of signatures over my time there and changed so many fishermen's in particular's point of view on sharks so there are so many things that you can do in what area whatever sorry whatever area that you work in and yeah, you don't have to study marine biology. And I guess the first thing you can do is please donate shark. Amazing. Well, Ash, I'm going to put all the details on how to follow you, support you, and look you up so that people can follow your adventures and do everything I can to try and get some get some recognition around this amazing bill because I think it is so important not only the bill and what it's going to do, but the story of you behind it. And I've been watching you do this for so long and just completely devoting yourself to it. And thank you for all your work. Thank you for all yours. (laughs) Thanks for being my best friend. Yeah.
<laughs> being mine and thank you for interviewing me and giving me this time and yeah I'm so lucky to have a best friend that is interested in sharks as well how crazy is that it's it's wonderful I just love that all we do is buy each other shark gifts that's my favorite thing <laughs> Ashley bought me a build-a-bear shark for my birthday this year and it's the greatest thing that I've ever owned his name's Reginald. Reginald. He's yeah. watching our talk right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> thanks, Ashley. You have a wonderful afternoon. and Anytime. Keep up the amazing work. You too. Thank you so much. Bye.